Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marsley. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marsley, and we've got another great episode for you today. Uh, over the last few months, we've talked to a couple of individuals about what it's like to be blind in the country that they are from, which is outside of North America. And we're picking that up again today, and we're going to talk about what it's like to live in India when you're blind. And my co-hosts today are Jagad and Ginny. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. Hello. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you remind our listeners who you are, your level of vision, and tell us what your experience with India is. Hello, everyone. I'm Jagad, and I'm from Vancouver. I'm totally blind, and my vision condition is retinitis pigmentosa. I moved to Vancouver when I was 11, and I'm 16 now, so it's been five years since I came here. So I do have a reasonable experience of living in India and here. And you go back to visit in the summers still, right? Pretty regularly? Yes. I'm Ginny, and I am fully blind and have been since birth. I was born in Canada, so I am technically Canadian, but my parents are from India and they immigrated here. So um, I am South Asian. And when I was younger, not so much anymore, um, because all of our family is here now, um, we used to go visit, um, go visit. And it was definitely an interesting experience um, and, and to see like the different cultural um, kind of reactions to disability and just the way things are treated. Um, my family, though, we would go more village, uh, visit the like village, like village type places. Mm -hmm. So there's also differences between, um, you know, cities where there's more resources, of course, just like there is here versus tiny, tiny villages, um, which we will get into. But yeah, that's a bit about my connection. Awesome. So, Jagad, were you, did you live in the city or in a village? I lived in Mumbai, which is one of the biggest cities in India. I have visited the villages, but most of my experience has been in the city. Okay, cool. So, maybe let's talk about what do you feel the biggest differences are between Canada and India? So, this is an overarching theme, but accessibility as a whole and mm -hmm. if I had to pick one, it would have to be mobility, part of accessibility. So in India, the biggest problem with mobility is that there are rules, but they're not enforced to a degree that mm -hmm. they should be regarding traffic crossings and such. So for one thing, sidewalks are a thing, but they're not the safest place to walk with a cane, partially because of the amount of crowd, the amount of stores on the sidewalk, so not on the side, but um, vendors and such on the sidewalk. And also the fact that cycle bikes 
motorcycles and such seem to go over the road and the sidewalk yeah. interchangeably. And right. that is really, really not as it should be. For yeah. <laughs> another thing, um, audible signals are not a thing there. Um, I discovered audible signals when I came here. They're not a thing there. And the way you cross there is you look from right to left, no cars coming, you go across the road. Yeah, that's you literally how you cross. Is there traffic lights? There are traffic lights, but no one crosses at the traffic lights. Yeah, there's you such a just, thing. Yeah, you just wait for your moment and then run. <laughs> there's such a thing as a zebra crossing there, which is yep. basically like a strip across the road um, where you're supposed to cross, yeah. but no one crosses there and no one cares about the zebra crossings. Pedestrians <laughs> and drivers alike. So yeah. being in a city that's 15 million people, <clears throat> Mumbai, um, it's a very crowded city, but it's always a challenge, even for a sighted person. That's why there are so mm -hmm. many accidents that take place um, because you have to look on both sides and you have to basically run across the road, seeing, <laughs> weighing the risks. Wow. So it sounds scary because it is. Um, <laughs> Don't forget the animals. Or is that not, was the, were they not uh, there in the city? It is. Um, yeah. <laughs> and as a blind person, <laughs> uh, those challenges are magnified even more. Uh, like Jenny mentioned about the animals. In India, there's a huge problem of animals on the road and that's mostly because animal habitat being damaged and such but you have Wait. cows buffalo like straight up on the street elephants okay. yeah what uh, really yeah yes more so cows than buffaloes but also yeah, the elephants rarely elephants. like i only saw it once i was quite shocked at that wow that has happened like to me twice or twice yeah. but mostly cows and buffalo they're like relatively common like I'm yeah. talking um, like this summer when I went to India, uh, I had like a five minute commute to the gym nearby and there were like buffalo like on the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is like I was in New Delhi when I visited there, which is the capital of India. So like yeah, you would expect a yeah. bit more of a um, safety thing on the road. Uh, also the weather, um, in the mm -hmm. rain, there's a huge problem of flooding. Uh, India is getting better in some ways, like being more developed and stuff, but the roads this summer when I went there, it was flooding in India. And even when it's not. Even if it rains a bit, the drainage system is not good. So if you're walking with a cane, that plus the other challenges, it's not worth it. Um, it's basically not worth it to walk with a cane. You would, you should probably do sighted guide. I don't think it's worth the risk. So that's yeah. just the mobility aspect of it. Oh, I was just gonna add on. Like you said, you know, it's not really worth um, the risk of walking with a cane. Like. People do it, of course. And also, like, it's probably, it's really, like, guide dogs there. Just not a, I don't think they're a thing um, as well. So, you know, you really don't want to, like, do that because there's a lot of, like, stray animals on the streets. Now, of course, every country has their own laws about, like, 
service animals or bringing in service animals. I haven't looked at it, of course, because um, I'm now that I'm older, I don't really go as much. But personally, like I wouldn't even even test that out. That's just the mobility aspect of it. Um, in terms of accessibility, in terms of vision support with technology and such, um, I did not have an education assistant at all until I came to Canada. And I'm totally blind, so I didn't have a support worker at all. I didn't have a vision teacher. I didn't have an OM instructor. Um, wow. <laughs> that was basically how it was. Technology there. Uh, and you didn't uh, go to a school for the blind? No, I went to a school with other sighted people. And uh, when there's an organization like Blind Beginnings, it's not as big, but in the city that lived in Mumbai, there was such an organization. And they do provide instructors, but not at a basis where it should be. So basically for me, it would be like once in six months or something, which is mm -hmm. sort of ridiculous if you think about it, because I'm totally blind and stuff. I have no vision support at all at school. So how it would be for scribing, um, in India is that a student from my class would have to write something for me, mm -hmm. which is unfair to the student mm -hmm. um, themselves. And basically they were doing it out of the generosity of their heart, but it is unfair to the student and to myself as well, because I didn't have the technology that I needed. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have the support that I needed. So basically how I would study for tests, is have someone read the book and this was in elementary right so life wasn't that hard in yeah. terms of yeah <laughs> the texts and stuff having said that in india we do have exams so final midterm and their part and their most of your grade so there were challenges um but and did you learn to read braille well anything I mean, could you read? Could you spell? Did you, like, how did you learn your letters or anything if you were totally uh, blind? All verbal. Right. So mm -hmm. that's mostly why even today I have a lot of issues with spelling. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's because I didn't get a chance to get that spelling when I was younger. Verbally, I knew the language. I knew the content and such, mm -hmm. but spelling is more so something you have to either see or feel mm -hmm. right and i know other blind people from india and i know different experiences where they have all had to um go through a very hard um growth in terms of having to learn how to cross the road because you it's like you can't learn how to cross the road like there's yeah. no way of predicting <laughs> There's no way of predicting when a car is going to come in a city with 15 million people. So they and had the to go through the experiences. They had to start off with styluses because people use that as well in India still, um, blind people. And, um, and VDA and Perkins. So I do know people who have done that, um, but they have basically had to 
go through a lot. Like, like I said, there was no vision support. Like, no one was there to tell you that these resources exist yeah. at all. Is there schools for the blind in India? Yeah, there are schools so for the blind. I visited. I think I visited one when I was visiting. So, um, to kind of like add on to the differences, like as well, one different, like big difference I noticed was also attitude. Um towards like disability and blindness in general of course you know we have that here in canada too but it's much more prominent in india but they did have schools for the blind um definitely in bigger cities like one um place that they had it was um uh i think it's freeze coat was like the the place that they had it i don't know the exact name of the school though but so i we went to visit and we handed out talking watches that we had brought with us um mm. for the students um and they kind of you know let me kind of explore so everyone there did have canes um those who needed them um they all used slate and styluses um which was actually that was my first um real exposure to slate and stylus styluses was there um and they all like were using Braille um, through that. And then in terms of like um, how it's like like assignments, um, there was instructors that were also blind, which I think was really cool mm-hmm. because I didn't know that you can get a job in India if you're blind, let alone, you know, be a part of society there. Because my experience, experience, unfortunately, was very, very negative. But that's also because I didn't live there, right? I went from Canada to there, and I was in a village where, like, even worse, there are no crossings. Like, you just, you just go. Um, but they also had, um, like, dorms there as well. So kids um, actually lived there throughout the year. Uh, and they did some living skills but again like it, it there wasn't no like um uh actual instructor for it right it was just people teaching them like this is how you eat your food or this is um how you pour it so things were being taught but it's just by uh, the people who were there my um aunt actually worked at the school for a little mm-hmm. bit that's how um we got to visit um, so she, when I would go to India, um, even though like the attitude there was kind of different, like she was definitely the one who was like, no, like she can walk, let her do it. Like feel with your foot, like kind of oh, figure it out. Right. So she, it was quite interesting. And then sometimes, you know, I would mess up and she'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Cause you know, those things are still there. Those cultural values are still there, but it was quite neat to see that. Um, and, um, they also had like uh, music lessons there, um, like traditional music um, lessons there as well that they could do. Um, it was actually quite nice. Um, there were some kind of issues the students were kind of expressing to people about like, you know, sometimes they don't tell us the right time or sometimes they like lie to us, etc. So that's kind of where the talking watches kind of came in. We were They were really, really happy to receive those and it was I was only little, but um, so I didn't really kind of understand all of like how big of a deal this was at the time. But looking back, it was pretty cool. And it was, yeah, I, I didn't even know that it existed at the time. 
Jagad, how, why did your parents not send you to a school for the blind? Um, so when I was growing up, like I said, I've, I had, I have RP, mm-hmm. so I've lost vision progressively as I've gotten older. So when I was very young, I had some limited vision, not enough to read books and such, but enough to explore the school. And like I said, it was elementary Yeah. and in elementary, it didn't really seem like it was that much of a necessity to say Mm -hmm. to go to a school for the blind also the fact that like i said in india you sort of have to figure things out yourself like you do not know those opportunities exist until you enter and like you do full research and even then it's hard to access um so So maybe if if you had stayed through till high school maybe you would have gone to a school for the blind do you think at um as i was getting older my parents did do a lot of research into braille mm-hmm. and such and that's how i got exposure to it in the first place before i came to canada around when I was nine or ten that's when i started the like i said the instructor who would come after every six months mm-hmm. so we did start to do some research because we knew as i was getting older like for say math it's yeah Really hard, hard to, to do math in your head <laughs> yeah um to a degree but also <laughs> algebra like long equations and mm-hmm. stuff that exactly. is hard to have in your head especially in a school system where all of your grade or at least most of your grade depends on the midterm and final so it's hard to it, it was going to be hard when we got to high school. We knew that. So that's why we started exploring to these resources. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to say what we would have done mm-hmm. if I was in high school. But that's partially the reason why we did move to Can. Most of the reason, actually, why we moved to Canada. That we knew that, well, my family knew that I was going to have a lot of opportunities. My brother and I both would have a lot of opportunities, better school system and better accessibility and stuff because our family, my family did have friends um, who were not in India and they also knew from all the research that there were more options outside and in India. But like I said, it's a lot harder to access those options in India than it is here. So that was most of the reason why we did move to Canada in the first place. Right. And then the cost, um, I, I don't know too much about this. Maybe, you know, more you got, but as well, like, so if you want to put your child in like a school for the black, the cost and like what they'll kind of like try to get from you can sometimes also be a lot um, to kind of put your child through that. Mm-hmm. Um and stuff like that so that can also be a factor i don't know too much about that but i know it's definitely a thing it is very expensive there yeah for our family that would have been the factor um cost but for most of the population it is extreme like the amount of money that these things cost and everything like nothing is provided there you have to pay for every single thing you can think of yeah it's not like here yeah and also the like i said the fact that you don't have any support 
um vision teacher O&M instructor actually I don't know what an O&M instructor would do even if there was one right (laughs) (laughs) just change the roads there's a strategy for buffalo there's a strategy for (laughs) cows (laughs) yeah most of the animals leave you alone if you don't bother them yeah like if you honestly though like if you don't really bother them like because they're kind of used to it like right so they kind of just go on like a lot of the times like you'll just be driving and you'll see them and they'll move on and you move on and it's usually not you, a big deal what if you accidentally hit them with your cane as you're walking down the sidewalk because you don't know well you there. usually hear the cow so cows like usually have like hooves okay that, and yeah. like usually the cows will make noise i mean horses i've heard there on the sidewalks I mean, maybe, but I don't know, but they just, they're probably more scared of us sometimes too there, like. I don't know. It's just, it's just how it is. Like, it's kind of like just... bears in Coquitlam. I don't know how worth <laughs> it, it, it is to use a cane there. I do know people who have used a cane in India, and they have told me about their experiences. Like, I think one who I, person who I know is a chartered accountant in India now and he has gone through struggles that make me well just be grateful that I moved here because um, for him like I said the biggest challenge well there is no one challenge but mobility and support and such that was and that still is one of the biggest challenges I would always just have someone with you as well I'd like to hear more about the attitude towards disability, Ginny. You mentioned, can you talk more about that? Yeah. So, of course, Canada also has this too, like, you know, pity, healing, not putting limits on people. Um, and I'm not trying to say that India is worse for that. It's just more noticeable and prominent there because there's just a lack of education, lack of awareness, especially where in the smaller villages, right? Um that just tends to be the case. So a lot of the attitude is either like, oh, poor person, like poor yeah. stable person, pity them. You know, a lot of, because there's a lot of cultural and religious roots as well, um, healing is a big kind of uh, viewpoint there as well. Um, or, you know, maybe you've done something in your past life. Someone's done something in their past life to serve it. Um the other thing is kind of like being super helpful, which, you know what, that one I kind of get because, of course, if there's not a lot of resources there and that's, you know, they think you can't really do things, which I, you kind of can't, um, you know, people are super, super helpful, sometimes a little bit too much, but, uh, you know, it's the whole overhelp factor. Um, and it's just unfortunate because, if those attitudes do persist um, or if they are also more common in the bigger cities, then it's hard to really change the narrative there. Um, and, you know, that just doesn't go for disability and blindness. Like there's a lot that is happening in India right now. Um, like even the narrative around like LGBTQ, etc. like a lot of change is happening um, in that country. Um, or needs to happen. So it's not specifically just, oh, disability. <clears throat> it's just, unfortunately, you know, um, their just progress is a little bit more different than ours. Um, well, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about 
like we often talk about how if the world was designed for people with disabilities, we mm-hmm. don't feel so disabled. Right. And, you know, sort of medical model versus social model. But it sounds like in India, it's you, not designed with yeah. people with disabilities in mind. So you would feel more disabled. And yes. therefore, society totally. is going to treat you more disabled. Because That's why the help thing actually are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's, the, here's also the thing. Um, I agree with Ginny mostly. And I also think that part of the reason why people think that you can't do stuff is because they haven't seen like Let's, they don't yeah. have exposure to Anyone that knowledge doing it yeah, yeah. no edu- like I said, just lack of education lack of awareness um, it's not to be mean it's just they don't they don't know yeah so um like in my case in elementary when i entered i've moved a lot of schools in india mostly because we moved to the city um the city itself but i moved schools and at first a lot of just the teachers, even in elementary, thought that I couldn't do most of the stuff. But as we went along, the school, despite I didn't have the support, I didn't have the resources. But like I said, I didn't know that those options existed. So neither did the people mm-hmm. who were teaching. And throughout time, they saw, they saw that I could do limited amounts of stuff. So what? So I tried. I did like schoolwork and stuff. Like I said, it was only elementary, but schoolwork and other stuff. They knew I had potential to do that stuff, so they did start to go from the pitying to appreciating the person more. And like I said, that's probably the biggest reason why a lot of people in India have the disabled can't do things sort of outlook because they haven't mm-hmm. seen um, people with disabilities yeah. do that stuff. And yeah. to be fair, let's be real here. If I, if we weren't disabled and we lived in a like country where it wasn't designed with people with special needs in mind, then we probably would have the same outlook. Yeah, um, oh, 100%. As them. So... Yeah. Because even when we were growing up, we probably were, like, I know I was, definitely had that outlook for a long time myself. Yeah, in Canada, in India, which is a country where yes, uh, very less (laughs) needs are thought of, like, special needs stuff, we probably would have had the same outlook, so... Well, even in uh, Canada, where things are yeah. more accessible, people, if they've never encountered a blind person, they still have a yeah. lot of prejudices and, oh, 100%. and misconceptions, right? It's like yeah. until you meet somebody who is blind and see what they're capable of, you you, you can't. Yeah, you don't know. You don't it know. also is unfortunate because I will say some of these attitudes have pushed me away from my culture, and that to me is very sad mm-hmm. um, because like, I like certain parts of it like we have the best food like oh, you, you sure do <laughs> yeah like, we have like our celebrating our celebrations our weddings like man they are epic but like just like whenever people see you with a cane or like oh bringing your cane in certain places is taboo not to mention my guide dog like um you know if i brought my guide dog into a um temple like a gurdwara like that would not be allowed like that would be a big big 
thing that would not be okay. Right. Um, so it just, it feels like sometimes you're blind or, or I'm blind. And then sometimes I'm South Asian. It's really hard sometimes to be both. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Jagad, you mentioned, you know, an accountant in India. So who's blind. So can, are there people, are there jobs? Are blind folks working? Yeah, it's, like I said, the people there don't know that there are other options. And even if they do, uh, they live in a country and it's not exactly that easy for everyone to move countries if you don't have the resources. Yeah. So you sometimes have to make do with what you have. And yes, they have had to go through a lot of struggles, a lot of challenges that, like we mentioned, and even a lot more that we don't know of. But Ultimately, um, like this person that I'm talking about, basically what he said was that those challenges made him want to get higher and higher. And that's how he got into um, banking and chartered accountant, which in my opinion, being in India and well, even generally, it's like an impressive feat for, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, for not only like a blind person, but also like even more for a blind person, mm-hmm. especially in India. So there are yeah. people who have gotten big jobs or running businesses and such. Yes, they've had to go through a lot more struggles, but they have done it. And like I said, like the instructors at the school for the blind um, or like um, they might work actually at the temple, like doing the member, like if they have the prayers memorized, you know, doing that. Um, and things like that so just kind of those types of jobs and sometimes um i mean this is more like in the village a lot of people might not have um a job just only because like you all kind of live in the same house and that just gets kind of gets passed down and like you're all living together so like there's one person usually kind of providing for everyone or a couple people providing for everyone so it's it's here it's here here or there sometimes. Okay. So Jagad, what was it like? How is it when you go back and forth? You go visit in the summer and then you come back to Canada. Like, do you is that difficult? Sort of just the different level of independence that you have in each place and, and people's attitudes differing. It is certainly different, but when I go to India, it's usually with extended family members and they know me and they know the, they don't usually have the attitude of pitying right? Um, me, but independence, certainly that is a lot more of a difference because like I said, there, I'm probably not going to go out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, not worth it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, definitely a factor. I'm also curious how uh, both of your parents react to the differences. So if they're, you know, from India, born into this, born there, kind of raised with, you know, whatever, maybe no real learning about disability, and then they have a child with a disability, and then coming to Canada and how different it is, like, how has that been for them? I mean, my mom says all the time, like, she knows that I have a better life here. Mm-hmm. Um, which same, yeah, yeah, like they do say that. Um, they are. Also I mean, it's shocked. true. 
Yeah, that's true. true, right? Yeah, it's just sad that that it, it's unfortunate, right? And and then my parents usually like sometimes will like tell me they're like, oh, I read a story about a black person in India. Like this is so cool. It's advanced. Like they'll get really excited if they see something like that, or they'll sometimes be like, oh, look, I want to go. You know, kind of when we went to the school for the bad, I'm like, oh, like I want to help out mm-hmm. because like this is what I felt like and stuff. So I know how they feel. Or, like, when she even sees, like, families here who are new or who were in her position, like, like she's super, like, talk to my daughter <laughs> very, right. very aggressively. Um, so, yeah, that's her kind of view on it. Like I said, for me, my family also thinks that I have a better life here. And, like I said, that's <laughs> mostly true. The mm-hmm. end, um, like... Like we talked about the differences already, but it's a big change and a lot more opportunities. And that fact is true. So when I was in India, my family did know that it was going to be hard for me um, before we planned to come here to go through the world of like the country being blind. But um, they weren't like oh, no, what are we going to do? We need to find a desperate measure now sort of thing. Because I've usually been more so on the... Sorry, I'm bragging here, but like more so on the ambitious side of things. So um, they did know that I would be able to get through the challenges that the country posed, even if I was there. But has it been easier? Have there been more opportunities here? And do they know that? For sure. Right. Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, we all survive, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice and the only choice you have is to make the best of a situation. Right. And I'm sure if there are obviously people in India who are blind, who are doing that. Um, but yeah, if you have an opportunity to come somewhere where things are a little easier, that must be pretty great. Yeah. So if we have listeners who want to visit India who are blind, <laughs> what advice would you give them? I'm kind of terrified. I have this thing about animals, so. <laughs> make sure to have a guide. Yeah, make sure you have a guide. I would recommend staying in the bigger cities um, or like if you know people there, it's a little bit easier because you have connections. Mm-hmm. Um, even anyone who is traveling there does have to be a bit more cautious just because you never know you know, foreign countries, anyone should be cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, but always make sure you, you know, take someone with you. Go with a group of friends. Go with family. Um, and kind of do things that way. Now, if you do want to check out the smaller villages, again, like, I would definitely recommend having some connections or building a plan. Um, in terms of service dogs, that's something I don't know much about. Um, I would be very... I would look into that, but I would also be very cautious because you don't want your dog to catch anything or come back with anything. Right. I would mostly give the same advice of having a guide. And also, if you're not from India, I would advise maybe not using your mobility support like a cane or a service dog in public if um, and going more so sighted guide because, like I said, it's really not worth it for the risk. That it I would still use it though. Like uh, you can still have sighted guide and like still just use your cane in front of you to make sure there's no cracks or yeah. anything. But yeah. don't use it like 
don't let go stuff. wandering alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. On, don't, and also, um, make sure to know where you're going in terms of is it safe to go there? Because in the summer, especially, um, it's monsoon, which is a season which is basically mm-hmm. rain. Yeah. And massive landslides happen. Like, yeah. Okay. Insane. The amount of landslides that happen, like this summer, people were, uh, a lot of people were dying. And that's, yeah, it was really unfortunate. Sad. That is really sad. But, mm-hmm. and, and the unfortunately, heat, heat now goes up too. Unfortunately, a lot of those people were people who were tourists who didn't know right. any better than to go to such mm-hmm. places because that would be the first reaction to go to, I don't know, in the heat, go to the hills and stuff chill out there on the mountains, check the scene we but uh make sure you know where you're going, see if it's safe there, landscape and such. Um have a guide, family, friends, or anyone. Yeah. Make sure that the guide is trustworthy so you don't get like lost yeah. when you get there because that can cause massive um problems for everyone. So make sure your guide is trustworthy and be careful. And be careful asking for help on the streets. Like, I know that that's something we do here <laughs> in Canada. I don't know if I'd recommend that there as much. I mean, Not I really think selling you can it. ask for directions <laughs> and stuff. You can uh, ask for directions, but don't go with anyone, okay? Like, just okay. make sure. Right. So yeah. you wouldn't take a stranger's elbow and let them guide you somewhere? No. Uh, Depends. For me, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. Okay. Like, like I said, I've usually I'm in my their neighborhoods in India, like, like they're here, but yeah. more so definitive neighborhoods and some neighborhoods you can you sort of know the people there a lot. Oh, that's more fair, so. yeah. But also, if it's like asking for direct for me, if it's asking for directions or like a short walk, then maybe. Um, but like I said, always have a guide. Um, yeah. who you can trust. Do. Most people speak English. Uh, in the bigger cities, sometimes. Oh, okay. So that, sometimes that's a barrier too. If you're, if you don't speak the language and you can't see, it's definitely hard yeah. to communicate. But like a lot of the times, I would say maybe not. Right. You know, like I said, a lot of the people there don't know that this is a problem. It is a developing country. Um, yeah. And. It's not just wow, it's the country it's not providing this stuff. Yeah, it's, like um the country is a developing country. It is getting better mm-hmm. um progressively and hopefully one day we won't have so many of these issues that we do. And they have certainly like decreased over the years. Um, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this doesn't mean that you know we don't like our country that we come from. We don't like the people. Like I I miss it. Like I have really good funny memories from when I, I visited there. Like it was it was great. Um and then, you know, we all like I love parts of my culture and stuff like that. So it's that's you know, that's not what we're we're not trying to discourage. Like this is just the reality. Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't mean that we don't like it or that we're not proud of it. Of course. Well, thank you, both of you, for sharing your experiences and and explaining to me and to all of our listeners what, what it's like. I don't know how many listeners we have in India, but <laughs> if maybe 
maybe a few. I don't know. Um, anyways, we don't get this opportunity very often to to hear about yeah. what it's like in another country. So thank you. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca. And also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.